Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're reviewing 2012's Lawless, starring Tom Hardy and Shia LaBeouf, directed by John Hillcoat. Mm -hmm. And since this is a movie about bootleg and moonshine, we figured we'd uh, talk about how Prohibition affected the movies. That's right. Um, But before we do that... Let's get into what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? When we watched Philadelphia Story last week, I sort of got like a, a thing about classic movies. And I was like, yeah, I should be, like look at some classic movies. Yeah. You know, let, 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 let's let's see what else is out there. All right. Um, and I wanted to do one I hadn't seen before. One that I had should have seen but hadn't, like we talked uh-huh. about. Um, but I didn't get one from the list, but I did get one I hadn't seen before. Um, it was Laura from 1944. Okay. Never seen that one either. Holy crap. Awesome movie. Laura? Yep. All right. Yep. Who did that one? Uh, let's see. Who did that one? Um, I, my God, I can't even tell you now. Uh, but it's... Um, well, it's, a, it's a guy with dark hair. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I mean, I know the cat. It was yeah, Dana, Dana Andrews was in it. Um, <laughs> and uh, Oh, but, it's Otto Preminger. Yes. Okay, Otto there Preminger. I knew it was somebody big. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great suspenseful movie, and it was a classic, and I'm glad I finally gotten, you know, got a chance to see it. So. All right. Would you... I mean, you'd recommend it, of obviously. Uh, how, how does it compare to Philadelphia Story? Um, better? Worse? It's better, same? Than, it's better than the Philadelphia Story. It's better? Story. Okay. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. I watched something quite different than uh, old Hollywood. I watched a documentary about Atari and okay. um, how E.T., the game, was buried in the desert. Yeah. It's a documentary from 2014 called Atari Game Over. Mm-hmm. Everyone out there, if you know me, you know I'm a gamer. I like video games. And uh, Dave... I know he's not modern into it, but he's an old school guy, like <laughs> Nintendo, Atari, all that stuff. I you sure know, do, the yeah. classics. Uh, this is a documentary by Zach Penn. He uh, did like the story for all like the X-Men movies. He worked on Avengers, all that stuff. I think he did um, Last Action Hero. But yeah, so he did all those movies. He wrote them and worked on the story. But he directed this documentary, I guess, out of his own personal interest. Yeah. And it's kind of like a, a, a filmmaker's journey, the movie is. Like, right. He's trying to discover what really happened here. The rumor is that Atari went under in the early 80s because they made a game based on E.T. the movie, and it was a huge, colossal failure. And because of that, the whole industry went under. Mm-hmm. Not just Atari, everything was just <laughs> right. dead on arrival. Right. And it kind of delves into the history of Atari a lot, which is great. They get interviews with all the people that work there. Mm-hmm. They got Howard Scott Warshaw. He created E.T. and right. like some other games. It follows him, and it they, they go unearth all these E.T. cartridges that were rumored to be buried in uh, the Alamogordo, New Mexico landfill uh-huh. in the middle of the desert. Right. And they go, and the city has a plan to unearth them to see if they're there. And uh, it documents that. And uh, you get to see uh, Warshaw go and see it on Earth and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And uh, if, if you're into video game culture and history, uh, this is a good one to watch. I have seen this movie, too. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I would agree. It's 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 really, really engaging. Um, one of these documentaries, it just grabs you. Yeah, awesome. and it was done way better than I expected it to be. Right. Like, they had politicians interviewed. They mm-hmm. had... They got gamers, just real-life normal gamers to be interviewed. Yeah. Which probably isn't that hard, but like, it, it seems like a very credible documentary. It was yes. very well done. Yes. Uh, for something about um, video games being buried in a desert, you know? Right. This is a, kind of a childish subject, uh, some would say, but uh, <laughs> it's history, man. It's right. history. Yeah, definitely. So I, I would recommend this to everybody. It's on Netflix. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. So now, our topic 
It's not about video games, but it's about drinking alcohol (laughs) in uh, the Prohibition era. Yeah. So 1920 through uh, 33. I'm sure everyone out there knows you weren't allowed to drink at that time. That's correct. So we wanted to look in to see how this affected the movies at the time. And could you believe it? There's jack shit out there on the subject. (laughs) But I finally tracked down like two like college papers on this. I got, I got some stuff here. You would think that because of this, like, you wouldn't see drinking in the movies because right. you're not allowed to drink and the production code yes. comes into play, you know. So it's kind of surprising, actually. There's some figures here I got. There's a study of 115 films that were released between 1929 and 1931. Mm-hmm. 66% of them had drinking in it and 43% had intoxication. Less than 10% had no drinking. Wow. And, and this is the height of Prohibition <sighs> right here. Man. Stock market crash, height of Prohibition yeah. right here. You wouldn't think that would be the case. I mean, yeah. I mean, what, were they getting it? I mean, were they getting props from bootleggers? I mean, I guess they were. I mean, it's the movies. They probably had prop drinks, you know. Well, that's like, true, yeah. probably wasn't yeah. real drinking, but you wouldn't yeah. think that the studios would be wanting to show that. Well, but I mean, I, I think if, if it was between if it was between 29 and 31, that would have predated the production code. Yes, yes. So that, that, there's that. They wouldn't have had okay. that stricture. That's true. You That's know. true. Uh, production code came out. When was that? What year? I think was it was that? in thirty-four. Thirty-four. It yeah. was so prohibition was over then. Yes. When did Scarface come out? Uh, no, Scarface was in thirty-one. Thirty-one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. um, and that kind of you know lit the fuse on the production code. Really. Definitely. So movies like that, yeah. like Little Caesar and um, and Public Enemy. Um, yeah, like the, the, these were movies that like they, they're you watch them today and they're very modern looking. I mean, they they, they look like our our yeah. gangster movies from today. Yep. Um, and but but, you you know, back then, of course, like people people were really enjoying it. But but it's those kinds of movies that, that showed violence and, and were realistic that, that right. really kind of kick people like saying we got we got to stop this because they were just kind of um, filmmakers were, were getting more and more freedom so they were like well this there's a moral outrage happening now and we got to stop this exactly yeah and like all these gangster movies you know rose out of prohibition correct because if you didn't have that you wouldn't have these gangsters running the moonshine <laughs> right. through the cities you know like, yeah that's right you know right. capone wouldn't be what he is today you know <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> not without movies not yeah. without movies he'd be dead exactly yes <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah so like it, it, it has I would have expected a different kind of effect in movies. Yeah. But you can definitely see how it affected the movies, how it changed the movies. Mm-hmm. It's great. You get these classic gangster films. Yeah. And like Scarface, like we said, is so realistic and, you know, it's bad guys. It's only bad guys <laughs> in know, this movie, know. you know? And mm-hmm. you couldn't have bad guys being good in ways. <laughs> right. Like like they, you couldn't sympathize with bad guys at this time. You weren't allowed to. I mean, when when you when you watch uh, Public Enemy and in the in the in the, it's like kind of like the cold open, of of the movie. It's just James Cagney, smiling at you, and like and like he's like grinning like lascivious like, yeah, like you know like scary. I mean he, he he really is and it says like and there's like a disclaimer before uh and or he, he he's uh, he's actually like messing with the credits with his hand like like moving his fist and like the the credits are moving around and then when you watch like uh little caesar it's the same thing there there's this disclaimer that starts before the movie, like saying, yeah. you know, Tom Powers and Rico, the, the, these men, uh, they, they are <laughs> they are blights on society, and we must not emulate them, you know? Right. And the censorship is just because of this uh-huh. stuff. I right, mean, right. It's crazy. And even with Scarface, they, you know, the scenes when um, 
the cops are like, well, these guys are terrible men. Yes. You know, those, those were inserted <laughs> oh, yeah, post-production. Yeah, sure, sure, exactly. You right, know, right. Howard Hawks didn't even film those. Amazing. They, the studio did it and put them in his movie. I, I I mean you know like I, I don't know who they think they're saving who who they think that they're, that yeah, they're protecting yeah. I mean it's it's you know like I I I, I guess I guess they, they they thought the same thing that like everybody who blamed Marilyn Manson for Columbine thought I mean it was the same same right. thing it was just you know yeah. like uh, pe- pe- somebody they got to put the blame on something and in this case it was it was Howard Hawks and Scarface you know what a terrible person <laughs> exactly Hawks I mean was, Howard Hawks I mean. is a real real piece of shit <laughs> you know we all know that yep. <laughs> um, yeah, way worse than these studio heads, oh, you know. God, oh my God, yeah, uh, man, we, we're gonna get into it someday. We're, we're gonna have a like a full episode just on Louis B. Mayer. Oh God, um, and Harry Cohn and Jack Warner and the whole lot of them, all you know? of them, baby. Exactly, that's right, every single one. So yeah, and then Prohibition ends in '33. Yep, and um, the production code is born, and mm-hmm. you get what you get from there. That's so. right. Right. So yeah, that's a little bit about how Prohibition affected the movies. Right. Um, I wish there was more on the subject. You could probably find texts out there if you look. Oh yeah. Harder. Right. You know than we did. But. There's probably some. I mean, if you just. I, I guess if if you know what, probably what I'd recommend, go to the library and go to your card catalog. And look up Prohibition. The card catalog? Honestly, it, it, you might... <laughs> it's still there? I think it might be. I, I mean, you know, and if, if, if you do that, you, you might have better luck than Google. Maybe. That's I mean, true. It's, it's, you know, it, it'd be... More likely mm-hmm. to find something in there. Yeah, and um, I mentioned I saw, found like these two papers online. Like, mm-hmm. I'll put the links on in the show notes and on the website. Right, so if anyone right. wants to check it out, they're nice reads. I mean, lengthy mm-hmm. dissertation type papers. Okay, you know, so check those out. So let's take a break here. Uh, we'll come back and we're gonna do Lawless from 2012. Stick around. Twinkle, twinkle, like this gold lady on electric Dudes on Movies, it is time for us to discuss 2012's Lawless, starring Tom Hardy and Shia LaBeouf, directed by John Hillcote? Is that who it was? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I moved my notes, so okay. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so yeah, Dave, give us a synopsis. Okay, uh, well this is about the, uh, the apparently true-to-life Bondurant brothers, prohibition bootleggers in the early 30s in Virginia. 
Um, there was a big, uh, a big, you know, war among, uh, you know, moonshiners back then in that, in that mm-hmm. area of the country in Appalachia. And, uh, these guys were, were some of the best in that part of Virginia. The movie is based on a historical novel called The Wettest Country in the World by Matt Bondurant. Uh, Matt Bondurant is the grandson of one of the char- of Shia LaBeouf's character. Yeah. Uh, Jack Bondurant. Jack Bondurant. Is it Bondurant uh, or Bondurant? Well, I, I, I'll say Bondurant just because I guess that's probably the, that's when they got off the boat, that probably was the, you probably. know, that's probably how it was supposed to, you know, I don't think it, it matters too much for right. the sake of our show sure. here, but, right. uh, Bondurant works for me. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Shia LaBeouf is, uh, is it LaBeouf or La, LaBeouf? LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Okay. LaBeef. <laughs> that, that's got, what I call him. I got a lot of beefs with Shia, Shia LaBeouf too, Shia yeah. LaBeef. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Um. Since we're getting into semantics of names here, sure. I'll just do it with everyone we talk about. Okay. Gary Oldman. Is yeah, that... Th- that, is, that is my understanding. That is the pronunciation of, okay. of the greatest actor in the world. Yeah. All right. And Tom Hardy. Uh, also, like the sandwich uh, yeah. shop, you know, Tom Hardy. <laughs> yes, correct. Okay. Anyways, but yeah. Um, <laughs> who, who's the main character here? Is it Jack... Shia LaBeouf. I, I guess what we're supposed to like, yeah, glean is is that Jack is the is the main character. Okay, yeah, he's the one he, we're supposed to follow. He's the youngest of the brothers. He's, he's our the, eyes. He's the runt. The movie opens up with uh, the three brothers as kids, yeah. and they're trying to shoot a pig. Jack, Shia mm-hmm. won't shoot it. Right. So um, I believe it's Tom Hardy's character as yeah. a kid shoots the pig, mm-hmm. um, and that. That's the relationship their whole life. That's basically, right. that's exactly what it is. A nice way to set it up, actually. I yeah, liked it. Was. It, it was a good, good device. Yeah, and you know what? It was short. I liked it. Oh yeah, it was. You were in and out of there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah. real quick. Right. <laughs> Unlike the rest of this movie. <laughs> okay. This was a long movie for me to get through. Okay. It was a little long. Okay. Uh, they could have cut a lot of stuff out. All right. And I, I get into that later. Okay. But um, uh, I guess we come up to speed and we see them delivering their moonshine. Yeah. As adults now, mm-hmm. and I guess they they own this town. You know, they yeah, own this is their territory. Franklin County, right? Whatever county it is, Franklin County. They own it, man. They got the sheriff in their pocket. They yep. got everyone. They're delivering moonshine all over town. Someone steps to them, uh, they're going to mess them up. Badly. Badly, yeah. And this movie is very violent. And uh, I didn't know it going into it, but apparently it has a reputation for being very violent. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's scenes where uh, you get people punched in the mouth with brass knuckles and and their teeth like drip out of their mouth yeah. down their chin. Yeah. It still looks like teeth, like grouped together. Right. Like a whole chunk of teeth comes out. It's disgusting. Yeah, like like, like you just extracted it's like, like dentures someone's gums. fell out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, um god. I mean, and th- th- there are acts of violence in this movie that I had never seen before. Um and this is my Ooh, second yeah. time seeing the movie, by the way, just to, you know, like uh just to get it on the table. Right, right. Um I had seen this movie before and I rewatched it again for our for our podcast, but I mean, the first time I saw it, I was as yeah, like there was one act, particular act of violence that it was I had never seen it that maneuver used before. It was which I, one was it? I've never seen someone use the barrel of a rifle on ooh, someone's chin. Ooh. You know, it hit him in the teeth. In the teeth, right? right. Yeah, I I I, uh, I almost turned away at that. Oh scene. yeah, it was. I literally jumped out of my seat, yes. covered my mouth exactly, and just was like ooh. Because you could feel it. Right, yeah. I believe I said, no, they did not do that. <laughs> oh, yes, I know. I know. Yeah, you actually do exclaim. Yeah, it, it was something. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, yeah, but yeah, intense stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that dude, scene is I, truly brutal. By I was the gonna way. say something now. I don't remember what it was because of how violent this was. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, it's, by the way, we didn't even mention it. It's dudes on demand month still. We, oh I yeah, God, request. we keep messing this up. What's I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, God, yeah. God damn it. This is from Maria from St. Yes. Louis. So thanks for this violent movie. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, besides the violence, there's some love stories um, sprinkled in there for yeah. fun. Sure. For for. No good reason. No, for no, for no good uh, reason. The only, okay, so the love stories. There's Jessica Chastain plays Maggie. Mm-hmm. She she's a refugee from Chicago. I yeah. think she's trying <laughs> right. to get away from the flapper lifestyle. Yes, you know? exactly. That's right. And uh, so she comes to the wettest county in America, <laughs> right. which makes tr- no sense. I mean, uh, like a place that's truly as dangerous as Chicago. Yeah. I mean. Uh, the, this place is filled with these guys scumbags. beat up the cops yes. when they look at them that's wrong. That's right. And you're coming here. I mean, if to you be know, safe? I mean, uh, if anybody knows anything about even today, like Appalachia is still that way. Oh man, you don't want to go down there. I mean, those guys, they are not afraid of the feds. <laughs> not one bit. They'll fuck them up if they come on their property. Serious. Like the feds are scared of them. Mm-hmm. These guys are serious. Yep. Uh, and that's where you go to 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 escape the horrors of city life. I, <laughs> yeah, I, it I mean, just it, makes no sense. That, it's beautiful country. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's why Guy Pierce comes down there too. Beautiful countryside. Uh, he wants he wants some fresh air for that for that. Uh... Oh, oh boy. god! Uh, Guy Pierce plays Special Agent Charles Rakes. I don't know why, but for some reason he comes down there yeah. to to get a payoff from these boys. He's hired muscle for the for the uh, Virginia County Attorney. Okay. Um, he's there to uh, to shake everybody down. Um, he just was brought in from the big city, and you know he's supposed to like go in and intimidate everybody, and he's able to do so except for the Bondurant brothers, uh, at least for uh, Forrest Bondurant, Tom Hardy. Oh yeah. And Guy Pearce in this movie, I'll, I'll just say it. I, I think he's I think he's one of the best performances in this movie. It is. And it's so good. Yeah, I don't even want to watch him do this. I, I, I don't want to watch him I, act in this movie he's because disturbing. he is that yeah. good. He exactly. I mean, he's having. That's he's, weird. It's like, coming. You too don't want to feel that. <laughs> yes. He's so good. I don't want to watch him. I know. I know. <laughs> with the, I mean, with the shaved eyebrows. Oh, and and, and his, the and that brill creamed hair. We're talking about. Talking about Cagney, like the hair. Oh my God! Just, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. He's got like yeah. He has James Cagney's hairdo. Dude. You're right. Yeah. And he's got Bob Geldof's eyebrows. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh my god! And he—he's literally—he is a psycho. Oh yeah. He—he he is not afraid to commit acts of violence. Nope. And um, he's not afraid of anyone. He's a maniac. He's a maniac. And he has no redeeming qualities. What's I mean, like like there's never one moment where you like because in in some movies you have like the the main villain and there'll be like those times where where they show them like doing something humane or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And like just to have a moment where they're like reading or whatever. Uh, no. Right. He has no. no humanity. No, he has nothing. None. He's making that that poor woman like sit on the bed on a newspaper. Yeah. Um. Uh. It's the, it, the prostitute yes, or whoever. Yes. Exactly. Right. Oh, and that's when uh, the the only bit of humanity he has in this movie is the nutsack that gets delivered to his door. <laughs> he actually seems grossed <laughs> out by it. Yeah. yeah exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure this guy has a few body parts in his refrigerator. Oh, I'm sure he does. Oh. Yeah. This guy. This is not the first time he's held a severed nutsack. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> this guy's a sick ticket, man. Dude, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but speaking of the violence again, like there's a scene when um, the Bondurant boys uh-huh. go and mess up these guys. Oh, yeah. Okay, so there's a third brother, Howard. Yeah, Howard played um, by Jason Clark. So 
Forrest and Howard yeah. uh, go and they leave Shia LaBeouf there. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> that's what you do. Yes, of course you do. <laughs> because they're going to commit these horrible, despicable acts that right. no one should see. Right. Especially your little brother who is just not committed to this family business because he doesn't have it in him. He, they, they, they both, both the older brothers know that, that he's not really one of them. Right. And there's, yeah. there's one point where I think Tom Hardy even says we shouldn't even brought you into this. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Because um, there's one point where Shia LaBeouf gets all the moonshine, mm-hmm. steals the keys, takes their whole stash, yeah. and sells it for a big score. Right. And uh, he thinks he's hot shit after that. Right. Uh, and it goes on for a little while where he, yeah. he kind of is the business hot is shit. Business is really well. Yeah, business, business is, doing is good, good yeah. you know. Look what I did. Look, what, now we're making all this money. We're not just sitting here. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a nice suit now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I look like a real gangster. <laughs> right. You know, he idolizes Floyd Banner, yeah. who's the gangster in the city played by uh, Gary Oldman. Yep. Who's fantastic. Yeah, he is. He's yeah. only in it for like five minutes, though. He has four minutes of screen time. Me. Yeah. Um, I... I, I yeah, I have my beefs about that. I don't know why you needed Gary Oldman for this, but but I'm glad that he's in the movie. I like well, yeah. seeing him, of course, but I mean, yeah. I don't know why you needed this character in here either. That's really. the other thing. There's right, no yeah. reason. Right. Um, you didn't need Jessica Chastain in this movie? No, you didn't. I, well, there's two reasons. Her left and her right tit. That that was why she's in this movie. <laughs> I'm going to tell... I'm going to... You know what? Let, can I just say one thing? Yeah, go All ahead. Right. Yeah, Jessica's nude scene, right? Yes. Totally unnecessary. Completely unnecessary. Um, she is like, th- th- there's been a back and forth with her and, and Tom uh, Forrest, uh, Tom Hardy's character. Right. Th- 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 there's a, I mean, with the two of them on screen together, um, like, my God, that, <sighs> that, uh, it's impossible to take your eyes off this much physical beauty. You know, it really, <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and, and it, w- w- if that's happening in real life, those people are going to get together. You yeah. Yeah. But like she, she for whatever like for whatever reason he's just too serious and he just can't make it. But he's always kind of like looking at her. So she like is in bed. She's wearing her negligee. She sees Tom Hardy like like peek in on her when she's like sleeping. And so she decides she's gonna take like she's gonna take, take it matters herself. in her own hand. Exactly. So instead of walking over to his room in the negligee, she strips off before going right. in and walks in nude. I didn't get that. Why do That's you do that? That's not what people do. Do you want the other people hanging around the house to come? I, I mean, I mean, yeah. Do they all sleep in that house? Yeah, they do. All yeah. the bonderants are there. It's it's like a Philip station. Like they sell yes. gasoline and then the bar and all that. Exactly. Shit, you know. Yeah. So they all and they all. They're all there. Yep. It, it made it made no sense to me. And honestly, I'm as you know, I'm not a prude. You of know? course not. Uh, but here's what I think. Uh, I used to feel that sex and cinema should go together. Yeah. I, I used to be one of those people. I remember those days. Remember yes. when we did a podcast about it where I was talking all kind I had a yeah. lot of big ideas, you yeah. know, about, about all this kind of stuff that we should do. And, oh, yeah, yeah, we should have, like, unsimulated sex in movies. No more. Yeah. I, we don't need it. Nudity is almost never necessary in a sexual sense. Yeah. It's almost never. I mean, almost never. I mean, uh, you, you think about, like... I watched Nymphomaniac. That that should have been on the What Have You Been Watching. I wouldn't have stumbled <laughs> over my words. I watched Nymphomaniac recently by Lars von Trier with Shia, Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf? Yep. Yes. And he's actually, and it's unsimulated sex in that movie. Shia is holding his erection and sticking it inside of, you know, Stacey Martin's open vagina. We see the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, get it out. You don't need get that. it out of here. Get get it out of here. You you don't need it. I don't need any That's of it. That's pornography. It's por- it's just porn. <laughs> you're you're out of the story completely that whatever story you were being told is is laid waste 
right. by, by this by this kind of stuff. Exactly. And, I mean, we're just talking about a couple bare breasts here. We're not talking about Which, unstimulated sex, exactly. but still. But it's still, like, it. it you, you're lo- all your... Oh, wow. Boy, Jessica Chastain. How about it, man? Yeah. Right. Boy, she's looking good. Yeah, right. You don't need that there. No. Really I, I wanted, to, I wanted and... to follow Maggie's story. I, I didn't need to see Jessica Chastain's nudity. Yeah, and I think the only reason she's in this movie is because in real life, uh, like you know, at the end of the movie, they get married or some shit. Like in real life, that's I guess that's yeah. how it happened because it's based on the book of the true story. So was I, she here this whole time? Like, is that why she's here? Because she serves no purpose to this story. Well, I, I mean, there's the, one thing yeah. that happens that uh, that yeah. was good. Uh, you mean? Well, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Well, she drives into the hospital. Right. That's right, the only right. thing, mm-hmm. and you don't find that out till the end. It's like this whole Correct. thing. Uh, but that's the only reason she's in this. It could be too that like maybe they it just just like any anything that that's been adapted from a book or whatever like they they may have taken some liberties there with just adding female characters that maybe weren't even in the book yeah um, and and maybe maybe like the people who the, the women they married weren't Maggie and um, Bertha and Bertha right yeah. it could have been or, or maybe they they really existed but not quite in this way um, either way yeah right. they 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 wanted they wanted a female presence. Uh, a very uh, waifish, doe-like female presence to like offset all the the horrific. Right. But they're really only there as like rape bait. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, every, she every, does get raped. Know, in exactly. The movie. It's and disgusting. Every man wants to rape these women. Every man in the movie, except for Tom Hardy <laughs> and Shia LaBeouf. Oh my God. You know, it, it's it's pretty bad. I I I actually like Bertha. Yeah. Uh, Mia Wiskowska's character. Yes. Um, that was good. I liked it. I thought her and Shia had a, a decent enough chemistry. Oh, they and did I have liked chemistry, it. yeah. No doubt. And, um, but between Jessica Chastain and Tom Hardy, it felt like two bricks were rubbing against each other the whole time. Like, <laughs> you didn't I, really I, chemistry? There were, and and it, there was no flint. It was not sparking. <laughs> really? It was just two pieces of cement grum- crumbling <laughs> next to each other. Okay. I, I didn't get any of their okay. stuff. All right. Yeah, yeah. It, it sure get, was pretty, though. I could take... It looked good, man. Yeah. I mean, maybe it wasn't concrete. Maybe it was marble. Oh, that's I mean. probably more That's more like it, exactly. It was, it was Michelangelo sculpting right, things, yeah. right? But, um... Yeah, and uh, Bertha actually served more of a purpose, too, because Shia gets infatuated with her, and he kind of... You know, he's kind of the fuck up and yeah. gets things right. messed up, and right. he's his head's not straight. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's falling in love, and he's doing all these big deals when he shouldn't be. He's out of his... He's too big for his britches, yes. you know? And, like, he takes her to their still mm-hmm. where they're making all this, you know, moonshine illegally. Right. And, you know, Guy Pierce tracks him down because he's too ignorant to know right. these things can happen. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. He, he's, too, he, he's not even, you could say he's greedy cause he wants this money and stuff, but he's not, he's just ignorant and he's not thinking big picture. He's, he wants it. He, he wants the money. He wants the suit. Mm-hmm. He wants the girl, but he doesn't think of any of the consequences and, and that he needs to be careful. I heard a pretty good quote one time about about these kinds of, of guys, especially mm-hmm. in Appalachia. Yeah. Um, whether it was the 30s or present day, I'm not sure. But what they were talking about was like them versus like white collar criminals, like brilliant embezzlers. Uh-huh. You know, the difference between them is that uh, they're both criminals, but the white collar guy is not an outlaw. Ah, you know, and gotcha. I think that Jack Bondurant fits into that maybe white collar area. That could be, you know, that could be. Well, because he idolizes Floyd Banner, like I That's said. That's right. And he's the the big city criminal. Exactly. You know, and and he he, he has, dresses like him. He dresses like him. He patterns himself after him. He's really like starstruck when he gets to meet him. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> he's down in a ditch, yeah. about to get buried alive, exactly. and then he meets him. <laughs> yes. Yes. And he, he all he wants to do is like he's just 
he's I, I wouldn't say he's seen too many movies because he probably maybe never have seen a movie in his life out out where he's well, at. Well, yeah, they don't even have a uh, TV. Exactly. Uh, but but he definitely is still kind of um, you know he's he's read about things and he knows who Floyd is and he mm-hmm. just like he, he just wants to be a big shot like it's it's kind of like every uh, every like young gangster coming up even today who like are still in that game whether it's like inner city kids or like young mafia guys yeah. in New Jersey or whatever they 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 want to show flash. Right. And they want to like get money and, and like kind of be like big players instead right. of like being steady guys and like uh, kind of they don't want to wait themselves. for that. No, exactly. That yeah. comes if you play it right. That's right. That comes. Yes. No, yes. but you want to be young and wild and out there and brash. And, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Show everybody how big your nuts are. Exactly. How big your fedora is. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> how shiny your spats. There yeah. Was, there was one thing that I really liked after this whole still gets raided here. Yeah. Um, he he had bought Bertha a dress yep. as a gift, and she can't wear it because her father's the preacher and all yep. this stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, after that happens, she's in trouble with her father. You see the preacher burning the dress? Yeah. That was awesome. Oh, yeah, that was cool. That was great. I know, right, right. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some really cool scenes in this movie. Right. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's actually shot very well. Like, technically, it's very good. This is I, a, I just, yeah, a very competent film. I have some problems with the story and the structure and the plot and mm-hmm. just some of the character. I don't know. I just... Basic things I don't really dig too much, okay. but technically it's put together very well. Okay. But like there's that scene where he burns the shirt or the dress and uh, my favorite one, we've kind of talked about how she gets raped and all this stuff. And, yeah. uh But like before that, Tom Hardy gets his throat slit yeah. outside and it's snowing mm-hmm. and uh, by these two dudes <laughs> and they leave him there. Right. And um, there's just something about like he falls and like the camera kind of stays there. And it kind of pans up with the snow falling, with the moonlight, and it's such a beautiful it's gorgeous shot to look here. At. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I was like, "Wow, yeah. now this movie's doing something here. This <laughs> <Right>. is great." <laughs> yes. You know, that's um, great stuff. There was another beautiful sequence, like early on, where I think it's like right after the, um, like during the opening credits, I guess, mm-hmm. is when they show the the hillside with all the stills burning. Yeah. Man, that was That great. was good. That's really nice. It was like during magic hour, you know, and you just see those like maybe 11 fires, you know, like spread out yeah. over the, you know. And it's great they're using this juxtaposition to create this beauty. Yeah. You know? Oh, totally. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Right. And uh, they don't do it that much in the movie besides these few things. I mean, you don't have to do it all the time. Oh, yeah. You know? And yeah. it's great when they do it here. But it's like anything else. The, the, the good things, there's just not enough of them. And they, they stop them for whatever reason. Yeah. I wanted to hear all of Ralph Stanley's music. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to hear yeah. more Emmy Lou Harris, but they just kept cutting it off. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- there's um like a local legend about them that yeah. the Bondurants are invincible. Right, right. You know they can't die. Yeah. So uh, like I said, Tom Hardy gets his throat slit, and yeah. you're like, oh well, this is where he finally dies. You know, and yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, this is where it starts getting good. Right. No, he's not dead. He's in the hospital somehow. And, and, you know, a legend <laughs> comes out of it. Like, he walked 20 miles to the hospital with his throat slit open. With his head half off. Well, yeah, with his head half off. That's the line. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, the other gangsters or someone are talking about it, right? <laughs> like, Floyd Banner's yeah. boys are talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he whacks him with the shovel. I, I think, har- oh, uh, actually, Gary has my maybe my favorite, some, something about, like, you know, after, after he whacks that dude with the shovel, <laughs> and he yells at all the other gangsters, I don't need these hard case crackers up my fucking ass. <laughs> He has such a great accent in this movie. Oh, he does. He nails it. He is Chicago. Now, man, you know. Now, Tom Hardy, I didn't think he did a good job with really? the accent. I didn't oh, like it. I thought it was. I, well, you okay, know what? Go ahead. Maybe it's not the accent itself. 
but I just couldn't understand him. He was mumbling a lot. Yeah, yeah. but you know what? That's how people speak. Yeah, in the hills like that. <laughs> yeah. Like so, maybe I mean maybe he did a great job. I just couldn't understand <laughs> him, and I couldn't. I didn't like it. Well, because Shia LaBeouf <laughs> sounds like a normal kid from today, basically. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Um. I. I. I think Tom Hardy. I. I. I actually. I. I thought he would. I think his charisma overwhelms almost everything on the screen when he's there. Yeah. Um. And I think he's a pretty phenomenal actor oh no no um, don't get me wrong yeah. about that he's great yeah he's one of the best in the game right he now. really is man i mm-hmm. mean his he has real intensity like and it's it's hard to pull off a tough guy persona like today maybe yeah you know just because it's it's i mean um and, and i don't mean like like uh action hero i mean like 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 real like a he, badass dude yes. you wouldn't want to mess with you're you're scared of forrest he's Bonner. a real guy exactly. who's not afraid to kill you and 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 like like what he says to to Jack about like it's about how far you're willing to go. Yeah. Like that's what you want your enemies to like know about is is like you know he didn't just kill this guy he sliced his balls off and mm-hmm. you know like fed him to his pigs and then like left him out and cut him up and other stuff like you you really believe that Forrest is capable of this? Yeah. You he, know he's a maniac too, man. He is. He's a psychopath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is another reason why I didn't care for that epilogue. Oh. Um. You can have this epilogue. <laughs> okay. You can take this out back, throw it in the pig pen. Right. They can stomp it into the shit. Exactly. And then eat it. With the slop bucket. Yeah. With I that know. guy's balls. They can just throw it in there. And all right. So the end of the movie is there's a big showdown at the bridge yeah. on the end of the edge of the county uh, with the law enforcement, local law enforcement and, you know, officer rakes, you know, Guy yep. Pierce character. Yep. Um, and Guy Pierce and, you know, the Bondurants, they're after each other. Yeah. You know, so Shia LaBeouf goes after him because they killed their friend Cricket. Yep. Um, in cold blood, which was, that was, that scene was intense, man. He, he I, strangles I, him and breaks his neck. Which and is, I mean, yeah. It and felt it, like you were getting choked. It's a pretty good neck break. Yeah. You know, because Guy Pierce is terrifying in this movie. Oh, yes. You know. So they go to the bridge for the showdown mm-hmm. and Tom Hardy gets shot about 10,000 times. <laughs> And you're like, oh, he's th- he's finally dead. The le- the legend is broken. Uh huh. No, he's fucking alive still. <laughs> Gets up and shoots. I think he shoots Rakes again. He like, does. And then Rakes runs off. Yeah. You know, like, oh my god. Yeah. He's invincible. <laughs> I don't think he says that. But, he, uh, he just like gets sick he, of he, what's he, going he on. He tries to get up. He's pissed off. And yeah. the sheriff shoots him in the leg. Yeah. Because the sheriff's yeah. more afraid of the Bondurant boys yeah. than of this douchebag from the city. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> and and I mean, I, I would say as well he should be mm-hmm. in most cases. Uh, um, of course, you put the Bondurants against anybody. I mean, yeah, like Howard and Forrest are two... Oh man! You know, yeah. Don't those are guys you don't mess with. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the the only the only reason that Guy Pierce's character Rakes might be more might be just as scary as mm-hmm. them in this case is because this guy has a lot to prove. You know, yeah. all, all he wants to do is make you afraid of him. He's going to go out of his way to to scare you and and do really heinous things to you. Yeah, he's quite formidable and mm-hmm. um, really good. You know, matchup. Oh yeah, Forrest. yeah, yeah. Like it's, they're it's quite a, yes. They mirror each other very well. Oh, the like, tail of the tape is pretty even. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so um, after Tom Hardy doesn't die again, um, <laughs> I mean, he. I don't think he can walk, but he's not dead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack and Howard go after Rakes yeah. in the bridge. Yeah, and uh, this is a good scene. They they kill Rakes in the bridge. Uh huh. 
Shia LaBeouf finally proves himself by shooting him. Yeah. Like, see, I'm not a pussy. Pew, pew. <laughs> and then after he shoots him with two little BB guns, <laughs> Howard shoves a fucking nine inch blade in his back and yep. fucking slivers it up to his neck. That's right. Um, But to brow. But to brow. Yep. Uh, quite something, man. Yeah. Um, And the way it's shot is you're inside this bridge and it's dark so it's all silhouettes really uh-huh. um it, it's very well done here. yeah it's very cool mm-hmm. uh because you know if you're in a bridge like that you can see the opening to the bridge oh yeah it's, it's perfectly a bridge, light right. out yeah yeah it's perfectly bright but yeah. in the bridge it's dark as can be right so you see it out there in the sunshine behind <laughs> you it is fantastically done mm-hmm. there was one thing they should have done they show the exterior of the bridge after that right. after guy pierce falls to the ground uh-huh they should have shown blood dripping out from under the wooden bridge into ah, the river. Ah, there you they, go. Okay. This guy gets gutted like a fish, man. He does. That's true. He's spilling everywhere. Right, there, it'd be all over the place. You're right. Like, oh, if that would have happened, I would have jumped for joy. <laughs> like, you are the best, John Goodwill. John Hillcoat. Hillcoat. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. No, but it's still good. <laughs> yeah. It was still good. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, I guess... the. Rake's Rake's like we talked about it earlier like Rake's beating of Jack the one that happens with the yes. you know yeah um that that was the the There's gun a barrel great to piece the mouth of makeup here too oh man the yeah. eyeball yeah oh that was oh. really good wow but like there, there's another bit of violence that happens in that scene because I mean like what happens is after after Rakes after Guy Pierce like like you know gets Shia LaBeouf with that gun barrel oh god he then like spends about the next three minutes just beating the crap out of him with his fists. And after you think he's done, he actually picks up Shia LaBeouf by the hair and like starts to give him a speed bag in the in the oh yeah in the he, cheeks. He wails on him about six times as fast rapid as he can. fire. Yeah, I've never seen that ever. I've never seen that. That's uh, yeah. um, it, it was uh, <laughs> I, it, that was where I had to turn away because I was just because oh, yeah. I mean like like Shia LaBeouf's face is just hamburger at this point. Yeah, and you know like uh, I I we all know from real life if you took that many punches you probably would be dead. Oh yeah, you, you can't know, like uh, you probably can't come back from that. You know, and fighting in most movies is you know the angle of the camera yeah, and yeah. it goes with the punch and then right. it cuts to the guy yeah. head turning right and all this crap. <laughs> sure. You know, it's faked. Sure. Right, dude, he's hitting Shia LaBeouf in the face hard. And I mean, they're like he had to be really doing it. Some of those punches had yeah. to connect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Shia LaBeouf, he's apparently a consummate professional in some cases. He he yes. took some punches. Yes. You know, dude, it was like. It was like in Goodfellas with yeah. Ray Liotta pistol whips the dude. I, I, I thought the same thing. That's the first thing I thought of yeah. was was that pistol whip. It's just scene. like that. Yeah. yeah, it's just as like cringe and do. Oh, oh God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't don't keep stop showing me that. You know. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it is. <laughs> good um, good gangster movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, also go, you mentioned Jessica Chastain too. I, I, you know, the other thing like her and uh, Jason Clark, you know, played Howard. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they, they they were they were the main characters in Zero Dark Thirty. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It's a great movie, yeah. obviously. You know, and, and they're both very good in it. I had seen Zero Dark Thirty before I saw this one the first time. Okay. And so when I saw them together, I was like, oh, okay, well, oh, they're going to get back great. together. Yeah, for, yeah here we right, go. Cool. Round two. Exactly. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> um, and Howard was great in this. Uh, Jay Jason Clark is really good in this movie. He's good. He, and he's kind of more of a background guy. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. do as much. Right. 
but uh, he's just there. Exactly. And, I mean, he's in all the scenes mm-hmm. doing stuff, but and he and he's 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 very good atmosphere wise. Just like you know, he's that he's the brother that that is just like Forrest, and that you're not going to mess with him. Right. But Forrest has him under his control. Yes. He yes. he's he's the lap dog. Yeah. That exactly. does what Forrest. He's says. the attack dog. Unquestioningly. Yep. yep. And he doesn't even have to be told to do it. He does it because yeah. he knows that's what he needs to do. Uh, Forrest doesn't even have to give him the but order. But he's the right. guy that will go over the edge. Right. And only Forrest can stop him. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Only Forrest can pull him off of these guys. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. But Jessica Chastain, as you have illuminated, boy, you know, like, j- just like some other things that they glossed over in this movie, they, she doesn't need to be there. And I, I didn't believe that even Forrest Bondurant, despite looking like Tom Hardy... Uh, probably wasn't interested in any kind of romantic entanglements. I, I don't think so. You know, you know, if they ever do a dudes on movies movie, okay, I, I call dibs on Tom Hardy. <laughs> you can get Gary Oldman, and I'll get Tom Hardy. <laughs> Tom Hardy and Scott Charbonneau. <laughs> That's fine. I, okay, you do. I'm that- probably more of a Shia LaBeouf character, <laughs> but you know. Either one. That's fine. You have dibs. You have dibs. That's fine. Dibs on Tom Hardy. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. <laughs> that's I right. got dibs. That's right. He is spoken for. <laughs> <laughs> they also glossed over um, in the opening credits montage. They show some like colored drinking fountains. Um, oh yeah, and yeah. I, I I think they should have just left it out since the story had no black characters. You know, yeah, that didn't even need to be there at I all. I mean, why why even like that's me- not mention even mentioned? It? No, it, the whole rest of the movie there there's nothing in it about about like segregation of Jim Crow laws or whatever. It's just. I guess they wanted to establish that it's the 30s and it's Virginia, so... Yeah, but you don't need that because you have a fucking title card that says 1931 Virginia. You do, right. And I shouldn't say there's no more black characters because I guess the first scene, they they deliver the moonshine to that Duke joint. Yeah. Uh, But other than that, that's it. Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah, you didn't didn't need that, but maybe they're going for accuracy in the realism. Right. So, I mean, that would be there, but I mean, in this town... There's no black people in this town. Not they, in the, wouldn't, yeah. they wouldn't have a colored drinking fountain there. I don't think they would have that there unless it's required by the, the county law. It could it could be. I mean, and Jim Crow was, I mean, like that, that could be like required by law back then. Probably was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Law is great when it comes to race relations. Yeah, it sure is. My God. <laughs> this is recent history, everybody. You it's know? sad. Yeah, really it's is. It's sad. So we mentioned the epilogue. It shows mm-hmm. them all alive still. Yeah. Tom Hardy's. Alive. Yeah. Even though he's a little busted up, he's alive. Yeah. And they all get married and they're all happy and they all have kids and they all live together and they're all fucking each other's heads <laughs> because they're a happy family. Um, I made that part up. But they're all just living the life, you know? Jason Clark looks like he's on House Hunters, dude. That's <laughs> yes. the most ridiculous dude. thing. <laughs> this is the he's one thing. like a is... turtleneck on. I know. On. I know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then it, there's this voiceover going with Shia LaBeouf talking about what happened and all this stuff. Uh-huh. And, you know, Tom Hardy ends up dying from pneumonia. Yeah. There, there's a great, I, I really liked this. It was Love, good. Like he walks out into the woods drunk as shit <laughs> on his own moonshine, I'm sure. Right. And he falls into a frozen lake. <laughs> like this guy is three sheets to the wind. Yes. And then you think he's, that's how he dies. Right. No, it shows him come out of the lake. He shows he him do a, away. He, he does like a force jump yeah. out of, from from <laughs> underneath He's the like ice. Slipper. Yes, yes. Dude, <laughs> incredible. I was waiting for Michael Jackson to start playing, <laughs> and he jumps out over the rocks. <laughs> yes, yes. 
And um, he's not dead. Right. You know, he doesn't die from that. <laughs> but I guess that's how he gets pneumonia. Yeah. So, yeah. He dies from pneumonia. Right. The invincible Tom Hardy <laughs> dies from pneumonia. It makes sense. I mean. It makes um, sense. I mean, because that's poetic justice it is. right there. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if Matt Bondurant is telling the truth about his family's history, you know, uh, like it's 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 actually a thing that, that a lot a lot of people have done is is um like like taking their family's history like guys who maybe like their 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 granddads and granduncles who maybe they didn't know in real life right and they've just made them characters in a in a story and like kind of like fictionalized their these guys' life you know um so who knows if if Forrest Bondurant really did do a little dance before he you know <clears throat> right uh, fell into the lake. <laughs> That was awesome. I loved that. <laughs> I, I loved it. it. And, I, and I, I loved Tom Hardy's comment when when they all when all the ladies went to bed and uh, the, the, like like Jack and Howard say, "So are you gonna do that dance for us?" For and he goes, <laughs> right. "I ain't doing a dance for you, jackasses." No, no, and, and he and he like he just walks out and he stands up and he's like yes. teetering around he's, and they're like, "Oh, he's starting to dance." Exactly. Like, I know. I thought he was gonna dance. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't see that guy settling down as a family man. I, I just, I, I, neither him nor Howard would ever be putting kids to bed. I don't know. In a, in a nice house, in a red turtleneck. <laughs> this guy is, I, this guy is 50 cent, dude. He is. Like, exactly. Yeah. He is indestructible. He has bulletproof pecs. <laughs> right. You know, he is, I mean, he's just as buff. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. He's Tom Hardy. Dude, his chest absorbed all those bullets and spat them back out. I know. Sure. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, he freaking scared those bullets away, man. He <laughs> you know? looked at them and That's they right. stopped midair. That's right. <laughs> I mean. He did La Tigre. And <laughs> That's it, dude. He just dropped to the floor, <laughs> Matrix style, a la Matrix. That's right. Um, <laughs> that's about all I have to say about this movie. Okay. Really, I I did. I wanted to say one other thing. Okay, all right. um, the screenplay by Nick Cave. Who's Nick Cave? Uh, he's a. That's a cool name. Dude. Oh yeah, it is a cool name. <laughs> <laughs> he had a band back in the eighties called Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Uh, they were a goth band. Oh um, my god! Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some some. They were really into early twentieth century history. Oh, totally. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> Um, you should check out the albums from Her to Eternity Ooh. Um, and Tender Prey. Okay. Um, these are good goth, you know, records. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the other thing to check out, too, is Nick Cave wrote another screenplay um, and, and teamed up with John Hillcoat on another movie called okay. The Proposition in 2005. Okay. That is a fine film. That's a good foom. Yes. Good foom. <laughs> <laughs> That's good foom. Excuse yes. me. Guy Pierce also stars I'm, in this I'm one. doing my Tom Hardy accent. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You tried to go Hardy for a second. Yep, I was <laughs> going bondering. Right. <laughs> Bang, zoom. <laughs> Anyways. So I, I feel we have a lot to learn about your history now that you've given us these goth recommendations. Oh, yeah. But, that's right. Um, that's that's right, another dude. episode. That's right. When we do The Crow, we can uh, talk about that. And we will. <laughs> so, Dave, would you recommend this movie? Um, yeah, I would. You would? I, I would okay. recommend this movie. I think I think it's a, uh, like like you said, yeah, it, it is It is sort of maybe too long in places, but um, but I, I do think it's really well acted, really well shot. It's a very, it's very competent filmmaking. Mm-hmm. It just, if it, you just, just know going in that this is a genre film um and it's it's got all the trappings of a genre film it's mm-hmm. going to be a little bit predictable um and you're going to know what's coming but just enjoy the performances because the acting is really good okay from everybody yeah um i mostly agree on it mm-hmm. 
I think I would say this. You could skip this one. Okay. I don't think it's an essential movie. Like Dave said, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. This isn't a bad movie. So no. if you watch it, that's totally fine. Yep. You can watch bad movies. Watch whatever you want. I don't <laughs> care. Right. I watch shitty movies all the time. Oh, me too. Yeah. I recommended Grandma's Boy. So who, who <laughs> am I? That's right. That's right, dude. Anyways, I, but I wouldn't recommend this. Um, I was kind of bored a little bit in it. Mm-hmm. And it was a little too long and too much unnecessary stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the good stuff in it is great, you yeah. know? So yeah. um, watch watch other gangster movies. Watch The Untouchables. There you go. Do that. There you go. I Do mean, that. hell. Yeah, th- there's a whole list of like yeah. prohibition, I mean, like movies about prohibition. Just Google it. You'll find right. all yeah. the movies. I mean, and this is high on those lists. It is. Too. Uh, mm-hmm. so, but um, I, I would say you can skip this one if you want to. Right. Yeah, and, and as far as like other prohibition movies, you said The Untouchables. I would recommend uh, Once Upon a Time in America, mm-hmm. um, or hell, if you want to laugh, go watch Some Like It Hot with Jack Lemmon and Tony okay, Curtis. There yeah, you go. that's about prohibition. <laughs> that's about the '30s. There's you know the Saint Valentine's Day Massacre. Dude. Yeah, that's right. Go for nice. it. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I guess that about wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our show in iTunes. If you don't like iTunes, you can do uh, TuneIn Radio or Stitcher. Or we're on SoundCloud. We're all hosted there, all the episodes. Or go to dudesonmovies.com. You'll find everything you need right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are also on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, just search Dudes on Movies. We'll come right up. And we have an email address, dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Please drop us a line about Prohibition or, uh, you know, um, five minutes of Gary Oldman. Whatever you want to talk about, you know. I'll take five minutes of Gary Oldman Me any too. day, dude. Me too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is... Like we said a little late in the episode, it's Dudes on Demand Month. Yeah. We're taking listener requests. So this one was from Maria in St. Louis. So thanks again, Maria. Mm-hmm. Um, and next week we're doing 1986's Platoon, starring Charlie Sheen and directed by the great Oliver Stone. Yes. This is from two guys named Dave in yeah, Phoenix. Two guys named Dave from Phoenix. All who, right. Who are, you know, like like uh, avid fans of ours. Uh, I have a feeling there's a lot of Daves. Yeah. Because I mean, they got a Dave on the show. Yeah. There's Daves all over the world, and they're com- they're communicating with you. <laughs> That's right. Through it's, the internet. It's like The Shining. You know, it, I, I just like I just have shining. to like you know like close my eyes and I can hear them. I can hear their thoughts. You yes. know, that guy's middle name was Dave. In the movie The Shining. It's, okay. Oh, I did not know. I didn't know his real name I, was Jack Dave Shining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Jack Dave Shining. All right. <laughs> so, so tune in next week when we do Platoon. Um, yeah, and that's it. So on behalf of Dave and myself and Dave and Dave, we are your dudes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.